So we want to resist evil together. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. It's the final word. This is the final thing that Paul wants to say to those of us that have been reading through this letter to the Ephesians. It's an interesting final word. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. The you in this is, is always plural. So this is not about you individually. This is about us as a community of people that we would put on the full armor of God and together we would resist, stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not wrestling. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. So, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that we, all of us, will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, we'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I'll keep on speaking boldly for Him as I should. Paul's final word is this, Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So you read that and you immediately would ask, well, how do, we, how do we do that? And then why do we need to do that? And we, we need to do it because this passage tells us we're in a war. And it says it four different times. So, I mean, there's a lot of repetition in these ten verses that would catch our attention. So we're in a war, so we, we want to be strong in the Lord in that war so that we'll be able to stand firm to resist, is the idea. Resist all the strategies of the devil so that we'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And after the battle, we'll be standing, we'll be holding our ground, and we'll be able to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And so why do we need to be strong in the Lord? Because there is a battle that is raging around us. And who is the enemy? Really, really, really important that we understand who the enemy is. And Paul would, I think, underscore this, and I think that he would really underscore it, and I think in our day he would underscore it again. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against people. Our struggle is not against people, human institutions, earthly governments. It's not against flesh and blood. 
We have to be wise. We have to be people that discern. We have to be people like Jesus. When Jesus ran into a demoniac, I mean a guy that was filled with a thousand demons, he was naked, he was, had chains hanging off of him, he was cut, he was vile, he was violent. Jesus didn't say, man, you're, you're a problem. I mean, he was able to look through everything that was going wrong in that man's life and say, man, there is a person in there that I want to rescue. And he rescued that person who had dignity, who was a child of God, who was tormented by a thousand demons. He, he saved that man. So when you and I look out at the world around us and we get stirred up because different people do stuff, it's, that's not the per, it's not the person. It's not the person. I'm so grateful in our workshop. You know, one of the things going down the road of forgiveness is we, just, we cannot demonize people. When you demonize people, horrible things can happen. And so we've got, to, we've got to be wise. We've got to discern. Yeah, that's a person. Something horribly wrong has gone wrong in that person's life, but there's a person there. Our struggle is not with that person. It may be what's behind there. Then if you, know, you can go from there, Jesus, I mean, his biggest struggle on the earth was, was against a religious institution. And what was really sad about that religious institution is the history of it. It started with God revealing, God speaking, God giving tablets, God giving covenants. But, it, but the further that went through history, this, this religious institution got further and further away from God so that when Jesus shows up, they, the, the leaders in the religious institution, they, they don't even recognize this is God in human flesh. They don't recognize that. And so what did Jesus do? When he faced an evil religious institution that was going to kill him. He wept. He wept. As we watch institutions around us that seem to be turning towards evil, are we weeping? Are we discerning there's something behind that institution? It, it's not the people in that institution. It's not people. We're not fighting against people. I mean, you just can keep going down that path. It's, we're not fighting against people. We are fighting against the devil. And, and, and there's this unseen... There's this dark, there is this evil empire in the heavenlies that has waged war against God, against Jesus, against the Holy Spirit, and against anyone that's following. That's the battle. And please notice, it's unseen. It's in darkness, and it's really evil. So behind the demoniac or behind the institution that seems to represent evil, there is something unseen. There's something dark. There's something evil. I personally believe that the devil is personified. I, I think there is an angel that fell. I believe the biblical story. It may seem fanciful. It may seem, well, that's a fairy tale. 
but it just makes sense to me uh, over other things that I would think about. And if I can't believe that in the Bible, then what else don't I believe? I mean, you just you kind of go down that path. I believe that there are demons. I believe that those demons are under the, the a command of, of, of the devil, Beelzebub, Satan. I think that that really happens in an unseen realm. And that's who we're fighting. That's really, in some ways, that's who's fighting us. And that's where the strategies, the wiles of the devil come in against the evil rulers, the authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I mean, that's happening. And it's happening because God was so good to say, you know, I don't like what's happening on planet Earth. I created the Earth. I created people. I created the universe. And from the get-go, evil has just like controlled human destiny. And I'm not, I don't want that to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. And God's been intervening throughout human history to change the course of history. And he's finally done it in the, in the way that it'll be forever and ever. With Jesus coming, Jesus revealing who God is, Jesus going to the cross, Jesus being resurrected, Jesus being ascended, Jesus bringing the kingdom, the kingdom of God has begun. The victory's been won. And so from that point of the cross until Jesus' return, you and I are victorious soldiers in the army of Jesus. I mean, we're just kind of kind of living out our life, and it's the evil one that says, you know, I'm going to try to stop that thing. I'm going I'm to stop those people. I don't like that good news. I don't like that people are forgiven. I don't like that people are healed. I don't like that people are set free. I don't like that. I want people in darkness. I want to take advantage of people's brokenness. You know, I just, I just want to take out my vengeance on God. I just want to rub uh, stuff in God. I mean, just an evil thing behind us. That resists us. And so, you know, you look at all that and go, man, man, you know, how can we resist that? I mean, how can we resist something that, I mean, is ancient? How do we resist something we can't see? How do we resist something that is so evil, so vile, dark? How do we do, how do, we do that? Well, this passage tells us, put on all of God's armor. We have to put on all of God's armor so that we'll be able to stand firm and resist the forces around us. Put on every piece of God's armor twice. Again, repetition. Put on every piece of God's armor so we'll be able to stand against, resist this enemy. So what is that armor? The full armor of God. Well, Paul probably is writing this letter from Rome. Rome is the headquarters of the imperial army. Paul is under arrest. And so Paul has time to look at soldiers running around with these. You know, and so as he thinks about the spiritual battle, I mean, he's, he's in prison because of this, not, not because Rome arrested him. He knows there's a spiritual battle. The struggle's not against Rome. So he, so he saw, you know, someday he, just, he saw this and just the Holy Spirit said, you know, 
tell my followers they've got to be armored. And, and look, look at that soldier and learn, look, look, at, look at what he's got on him. So he goes down this lane and says, you know, everybody's got to have a belt of truth. Everybody's got to gird up their loin, is literally. Everybody needs to kind of get their tunic out of the way so they can not trip on it in battle. Everybody needs a breastplate of righteousness. And then, there, then there's some, some contradictions here. Everybody needs their feet shod, but they're soldiers with sandals representing readiness for the gospel of peace. That should make us stop and think. We're all to have a shield of faith, and that shield of faith is to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. And the helmet of salvation, and then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Truth, righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, salvation, the Word of God. Because this is the final word in this letter, may I suggest to you that what Paul is describing metaphorically, he's not literally telling us, y'all need to suit up. You know, that's, he's not telling us we all need to go get imperial Roman uniforms and literally put on this armor, okay? That's, he's not telling you, well, we know that, right? Help me, yes, yeah, no, we know that. So he's using that as a metaphor. So what, what is he really saying to us? And because it sits right at the end, this is my final word to you. Those of you that have been hanging out in our community over the past year, we've been dipping into this letter from Ephesians. And so what he's, you know what he's really saying, I believe? He's really saying, you know, everything that I've just written you in this letter about truth, everything that I've just written to you about righteousness, everything that I've just written to you about the gospel of peace, remember the dividing wall has come down, peace, reconciliation, everything that I've written to you about faith in Jesus, everything that I've written to you about salvation, not by works, that we would boast. It's the grace of God. I mean, just, just think about some of the things that are in Ephesians. That's the word of God. And by, by, by reading this letter that I've written to you, and by believing the truth. But it's not just about believing what I've written to you. Because the first three chapters in Ephesians are about belief, about orthodoxy, about right thinking. But that right thinking only makes sense when you get to chapters 4, 5, and 6. Because if we think right, we need to do right. So orthodoxy is followed by orthoproxy. Right thinking, right living. That's the armor of God. When you and I spend time reading the Word of God, when you and I take to heart what God is communicating to us as a community of people, when you and I allow that to begin to shape 
what we believe and how we view the world and who we are and who God is and what community is. And when we begin then to practice, in, the most, in some ways, the most practical thing is what we just finished. You know, God's restoring relationship to their original mint condition. And so he's revolutionizing, getting us back to what marriage is supposed to be what family is supposed to be, what commerce is supposed to be, relationships are being restored. Well, when we believe that and we do that, that that's our armor. That's, that's what we got to resist the evil one that's trying to, to, to really trying to destroy what God's doing. Does that make sense to you? So it's really always a call to this community, our, you know, are, are we being challenged in how we believe when we read the Bible? I mean, are we reading the Bible? And that's why we teach the Bible on Sunday mornings. If, if we didn't teach the Bible on Sunday mornings, we'd all be vulnerable to the attack of this evil one because he wants to undermine the way we think and undermine the way we live. So when we're, when we're really a community, yes, Jesus, we want to follow, we want to learn, we want to get our belief straight, we want it to align with what you revealed to us in the Bible, and then we want to put into practice what we're learning. That's the armor of God. It's truth. It's righteousness. It's this gospel of peace. It's this shield of faith. It's this helmet of salvation. And the word of God becomes the sword of the Spirit. And so what that really looks like as a community of people, when we are putting on the armor of God by staying in the Word of God, studying the Bible, reading the Bible, listening to God, developing relationship, developing relationship with uh, each other, developing relationship with the world around us, you know, like we say, you know, we're following Jesus, we're learning, we're living, we're delivering. When we're doing that as a community, then we have the opportunity to stand our ground. Now, standing our ground has to do with us together. Again, Paul uses the symbolism of the Roman army. The Roman army was not successful because they had a strong warrior. The time of battle that we're in, you you didn't survive if you were like the lone ranger in your armor. So this is what it looks like with the shield of faith. See, the shield of faith is not my shield of faith. The shield of faith is together our shields. On a day of attack, on a day of evil, where you and I are aware, you know, there's an enemy who's trying to take us out. And so together, we're going to resist that evil one. We're going to hold up our shield of faith together so that when the arrows come they're not going to get us this this picture is is uh i just put below it on my my notes this description from mark anthony about how this worked one day it's not this day they didn't get a photo of it (laughs) when they fell into an ambush and were being struck by dense showers of arrows, the legionnaires. So just imagine something like this. These fully armed 
legionnaires, Roman soldiers, are, are just all of a sudden ambushed and arrows just start coming out of everywhere. They suddenly formed the testudo. This is called the testudo. It's the tortoise. By joining their shields, and they rested their left knees on the ground. So arrows start flying, legionnaires cluster together, shields in front, shields on side, shields in the back, and shields over the head. And the arrows can't penetrate that tortoise shell of those soldiers together. The barbarians... When they saw that that didn't work, they, they defended themselves against that shower of arrows. They threw their bows aside, they leaped from their horses, they drew their daggers, they came up close to put an end to them. And the legionnaires fanned out with their, with their shield in front, and the sword came from behind the shield. That's how they did it. That's why they were successful. That's how they resisted on the day of evil and ambush. See, we need to learn that we're fighting this together. None of us can survive a day of ambush alone. So that's why we got to have community. That's, 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 that's why we need each other. That's why you follow Jesus together. Because when a day of evil comes, it's not, every day is not a day of evil. The, the devil is pretty wise. He comes and he goes. He comes and he goes. He, comes, he tries to surprise us. He tries to ambush us. But when he shows up, we need to be a people that are wise enough to cluster together and protect each other with the shield of faith. So I'd like for us to give it a shot today. Roman soldiers traveled in groups of eight. And so we're just going to use that number this morning. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to get in groups of eight, whether it, you know, get a group here, get a group here, wherever you can get eight people together. And don't get in a circle. They're not in a circle, they're in a square. So get in a square. You can be shoulder to shoulder. You can be back to back. Just be a square of eight people. So let's take a moment. Everybody get in their places with eight people, and then we'll do, this. We'll do something together. Okay. Have you sorted it out? You got kind of eight. That's okay. If you don't have, you have more than eight, that's okay. Don't, don't panic. You're kind of in a square. That's good. All right, if we follow the metaphor that's in this passage, then we are good soldiers of Christ Jesus. And being good soldiers of Christ Jesus, we're going to follow the orders of our commander-in-chief. That would be Jesus. And we, we're going to narrow it down to his, his orders to us over this past year as a community, as an army, it's come out of Ephesians. 
And what his instructions to us in this season has, this is what I want you to believe. And this is how I want you to act. And I want you to do that in community. Not just as an individual follower of Jesus, but together. And he wants us to know that when we commit ourselves to that path, that we will have a day of attack. And when we're attacked, we can't survive alone. So we have to fight for each other. And so when the day of attack comes and arrows start flying, you know, do, are we bound enough to Jesus and to each other that we extend a shield to protect each other? Are we, are we trying to guard each other, help each other, make sure we all survive as the kingdom of God continues to advance in this world? So I just want you in some way just to pray for God's best and God's protection for each person in each cluster. You know, it doesn't have to be on pray you know, just every person, but a couple of people from each group. Go ahead and just pray. And just, yes, Lord, we're going to follow you. Yes, Lord, we're going to follow you together. Yes, Lord, we're going to believe and behave the way that you want us to. And yes, Lord, when the day of evil comes, we're going to stand together. We're, gonna, we're just going to hold the ground that we have with the shield of faith that you have. And you can do, I mean, you can hold your shield up. And you can get, you know, you can do as much as you want. But let's just pray together in these small groups. And then after you're done, we'll do one more thing. Okay? So go. Now, as we finish up our prayers, if you'd let me interrupt, and then you can finish praying. Just, just want to remind us that what Jesus has started will not be stopped. It can be slowed, uh, but it cannot be stopped. And so that you and I are, are following Jesus, there's going to be resistance because the evil one in darkness and unseen forces are going to try to stop what can't be stopped. And so we have to be people that have to realize that we are we're vulnerable, so together we are stronger. Uh, in and of ourselves, I mean, this path, we, don't, we don't have the strength or the, our own armor to resist the evil one, but God provides that for us. And so we, we need to remember that we can't do this alone. So we, we want to keep following after the one that's victorious, which is Jesus. He's leading us. But as we do it, we want to do it with wisdom. And so part of us being in clusters of eight is also a reminder that this is why we have community groups. This is why we have small group Bible studies. This is why we have ministry teams. Because the reality is, as we learn, as we practice, as we commit ourselves to following Jesus, if we're not doing that together in small groups, we're going to be picked off. Because we can't. In and of ourselves, we're, we're not going to be able to hold the ground. But together, we can. And also, together, when one of us gets wounded... We gather around and help each other. So, that, so we're bound together to follow Jesus in community. And, and I think this passage maybe helps illustrate that better than any passage in the New Testament. So please don't forget that we need each other to successfully follow Jesus in his victory. And so let's uh, learn from the morning and also as we have opportunity this fall to get back into community groups, Bible studies, ministry teams. Let's take advantage of that. And remember, together, 
we're going to do better than alone. So thank you. If you want to keep praying for each other, please do. But our morning together is officially over. Amen. Thanks.